Blog Talk Radio. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. If I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country, maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they have committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for rights. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Some people think that business is a game. And what we have learned is that business actually is war. My name is David Banks, and I'm serving an 11-year sentence at the Federal Correctional Complex Prison Camp in Florence, Colorado. I've lost everything. My business, my money, my family, my future, my church, and my freedom. When they wanted people to sign non-disclosure agreements and all that kind of stuff, sometimes they didn't want to do it. strange to me. I think it's still strange. It just absolutely makes no sense. Is this Really real? Is this happening? And, and then all of a sudden your whole life is ripped apart. Justice is not fair anymore. They say justice is supposed to be blind. It's not blind. It's not blind. They pick and choose who they want to convict and who they want to Ladies and gentlemen of America, what is going on when innocent men get locked away? Ladies and gentlemen, have you stopped to ask the question, where is justice? 
It's far away. They were floored that uh, they were even being raided. Um, uh, it became very clear that the court-appointed attorneys were not working for the guys. Um, and it seemed like in many cases that they were um, collaborating or working with the prosecution. We constantly hear in the news, every week you're going to hear about another person wrongfully convicted. There you have it. Tough questions in need for answers. Lady Justice has gone missing. Where is she? Is this happening in America? The American dream has turned into a nightmare. Crying children left behind as a result of a corrupt system and corruption. We will seek and search for justice. We will ask the tough questions. We will demand answers as justice lays idle in the streets of America. We look for the answer. Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, and tonight we do as we always do. We search to bring the message of justice all around the world. Tonight we deal with the part two of our series, the RP6 Tsunami of Injustice, law-abiding citizens left in harm's way. And we continue that discussion tonight, the IRP6 now known as the IRP5, the injustice that is happening is un. Believable. We take a look again at how this happened, what went wrong, and how do we fix it. This is AJC Radio. We take off right now. And there you have it. I'm Lamar Banks along with Cliff Stewart, Kendrick Barnes, Samson Riddle, Dennis Merritt, and William Williams and the entire AJC Radio team. And we continue to deal with these issues that are critical uh, within our criminal justice system. And this is something that uh, we will definitely continue to talk about. We are fortunate tonight, uh, as for, well, for, for tonight and ongoing, to have Kendrick Barnes, one of the IRP5, part of this panel, and will continue to be part of that. Kendrick, as we take off part two tonight on the troubling things that happen uh, in this case, how important is it that we continue to bring the message home? Uh, it's very important because it's the uh, IRP story is not a quick story to tell. I mean, there were so many things that happened along the way that if if you didn't live it, if I didn't have lived that, I wouldn't have believed it if someone told me. So it's very important that me and others like me get a chance to tell their story, to tell the abuses that happen when nobody's looking, when the, when the government is basically using their power willy-nilly and treating citizens how they want to. But I think it's a very important point, and I'm glad the agency radio is taking up the fight. And absolutely right. Sapson, your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, I can't wait to just get back out there and keep telling the story of the IRP-5 because the fact of the matter is, like, we could look at this from every single angle and see how these men were railroaded just because they seemed like uh, they were in some David and Goliath story where the government and the prosecutor and the federal judge thought they were Goliath. But we all know what happened in that story. 
It may not have, the giant may not have fell yet, but as long as we continue to fight and get that message out there, I guarantee it's going to happen. Absolutely, William. Your thoughts on this one as we continue the series? Well, I think it's it's important to everyone to understand that this, you know, this really really happened. You know, this is not some tale that that took place. You know, how these men's lives were changed because of something that they were really doing. They, they you know, the quest uh, to build some software that was, that was really going to help. And then how greed and big business, you know, came in and, and uh, basically took hold of everything else and then changed forever changed these men's lives. And so it's a very important story. No, absolutely right. Dennis, your thoughts? All right. They're going to get his uh, microphone. Hold on, Dennis. Go ahead. Yeah, when you look at it, this was totally a serious miscarriage of justice. I mean, uh, when you talk about uh, these guys uh, not giving the full extent of, of, of a, lot, a viable justice system in which uh, they could provide uh, anything they needed to provide to show their innocence, it was out of control. I mean, from point blank, uh, they were guilty uh, before. It was just backwards, you know, not uh, they were guilty until proven innocent. And so tonight when we talk about this, we need people to really listen and get their ear close and listen to what we're saying. We're trying to show you that this could happen to anyone and how it affects the family and how, uh, I mean, just collateral damages Lamont came up with. I mean, that's so true. There's so many different pieces and persons that have to deal with the fact that their loved one was wrongfully in prison, wrongfully convicted for a crime that never happened. And tonight, hopefully, we'll expose that and get people to start saying, okay, enough is enough. We need to do something about it. Well, absolutely right. Uh, Cliff, your thoughts? Yeah, I think we have to also make sure the audience knows that it's from a legal perspective. I mean, everything, every atrocity that happened here in the IRP Solutions case, this is now legal precedence. This is a case that's on the books that say that says that if you owe debt to particularly a staffing company, the federal government can come after you, can prosecute you, convict you, and lock you up in prison. So the audience has to understand once a case is tried and put on the book, it can now be used as an example for another case. So if they want to come after you, you might say, well, hey, it'll never happen to me. That's just the way that the ball bounces. This case can now be used to say you as a citizen of the United States, you have debt, the federal government can come after you and put you in prison for that. And that, uh, with everything else, is is so, I mean, there's not a word for it, because it it now is locked into law, you can go to prison for debt, when debtor's prison was abolished a long time ago. And we're going to touch on that. Tonight, we're going to do a, spe- do a very special look at the Benedict Arnold of this case, Gary Walker. Uh, has started a fantastic, really, um, a level of lies that is unheard of. Uh, And he left his comrades in harm's way. But here's the kicker. It was all based upon lies. We're going to deal with that tonight. The response from the victims of this injustice. You will hear from our beloved sister, Luana Banks-Clark, talking about the impact of that. Yolanda Walker talks about the impact of the trail. We're going to deal with that on the other side of the break. This is AJC Radio, the tsunami of injustice continues. We'll be right back. 
to the chain. It was just a joke. We're not friends. Why are you talking to me? You started it. It's so gross. Lame. User. Weirdo. I've said and done things before that I'm not proud of. Just as I've been hurt by others. The thing is, this, this is not who I am. And it's definitely not who I want to be. I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to spread gossip. I don't want to be a body shaver. I don't want to exclude anyone. I don't want to make anyone feel lonely. Left out. Hurt. We can create a kinder world. It's not that hard. We just need to stop. Take a moment. And consider others before we speak. And before we act. Be more. Be more. Be more. We have a big problem, and we need your help. It's happening on college campuses, at bars, at parties, even high schools. It's happening to our sisters and our daughters. Our wives and our friends. It's called sexual assault. And it has to stop. We have to stop it. So listen up. If she doesn't consent, or if she can't consent, it's rape, it's assault. It's a crime. It's wrong. If I saw it happening and I was taught, you have to do something about it. If I saw it happening, I speak up. If I saw it happening, I'd never blame her. I'd help her. Because I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be a part of the solution. We need all of you to be part of the solution. This is about respect. It's about responsibility. It's up to all of us to put an end to sexual assault. And that starts with you. Because one is too many. Do you have a big brother? Well, I have a big brother, and I'm pretty sure that you and I experience some of the same things with a big brother. Big brothers will always be big brothers, right? I'm sure you'll agree. Well, my brother gets up in the morning. He takes a shower, heads to work, and at some point during the day, he's going to exercise and get that workout, as we all do. And, of course, depending on what's going on, he's going to sit down for two or three meals during the course of his day. And also, depending on what else is going on, he'll probably get caught up on current events And maybe take a few moments to turn a page in a book. How about your big brother? Some of the same stuff, right? Oh, did I mention that my big brother does all of that stuff? But he actually has to have permission a lot of times before he can do it. You see, my big brother was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he did not commit. That's right. That may sound shocking, huh? He's in prison. Wrongful convictions impact families in ways you cannot begin to imagine. But I've decided that I'm going to do something about it. And I extend an invitation to you to come on board and join me in this fight. You see, I'm helping to be a voice for my big brother and others who have been wrongfully convicted. We'd like you to take a few moments today and call a just cause where we fight for justice. You can call us toll free at 1-855-529-4252. That's 1-855-529-4252. 
929-4252. Join with us as we fight for justice and for all big brothers across the land. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we continue the discussion of the RP6 Tsunami of Injustice. Tonight we're taking a look at Gary Walker and the betrayal brought to the RP6, now being the RP5, as he took steps to tell things that were on a magnitude of untruth that is unheard of. Uh, you would think it was a Hollywood production. Uh, based upon how he presented himself, what he stated, what he said, which is, a, which is a complete contradiction of the truth. The truth of the matter is the entire group of the RP6 were innocent. That is to include Gary Walker and the other five defendants. Uh, Gary Walker took it upon himself to set a strategy in motion in order to get out of prison and to do whatever it cost or whatever it took to make that happen. Kendrick, as we get ready to discuss this part of the injustice, but the fact that Judge Christine Arguello allowed such nonsense, such a Hollywood production performance in her courtroom, knowing full well that it was not the truth, what impact did it have on you, Kendrick, when this began to happen? And, and I'm no attorney, but... It was obvious that this was not following the law. This is not what uh, a habeas petition was all about. A habeas petition is supposed to have some evidence of innocence, not to use that as an opportunity to blame uh, others and basically use a devil-made-me-do-it defense. And it just basically, uh, the, the way it made me feel was very em- empty and very disappointed because uh, we went to war with Gary Walker against the government. And then to have him basically agree with everything he fought against, everything that he stood for, to just give it up, it's just, it's just uh, mind-boggling, and, it's, and, it's, and it really makes me view him as a, as, differently as a man. Because when you're, right, if you're doing something for right, it doesn't matter the cost. And, and yeah, it cost me, but it was right. I came out of there telling the truth. I know I never did a crime. I know that anyone in I persists to do a crime. But I'm not going to say I did a crime and say that everything was wrong just for a few benefits that the government can give me. And to me, to sell out like that is just a, a tragedy. And when you look at the habeas as well, you know, many uh, attorneys that we talk to that have dealt with habeas, uh, Supreme uh, attorneys that present things to the Supreme Court. There's only two ways to get a habeas petition even looked at. That is, there is a grave constitutional misjust, uh, injustice that ha- that was uh, that happened during the trial or sometime pre-trial, and that has to be dealt with. Or there is such compelling new evidence that it says this person must have a new trial and must be uh, basically relieved of the sentence that they were getting. So if one of these things happen, then how does it apply to one defendant 
and not the other five. If it happened that there was a grave constitutional injustice, why did Judge Arguello have the, have the hearing with Gary Walker sealed so that no one else could see it? If there was some new compelling evidence, how is it that evidence does not apply to all of the co-defendants and they are uh, informed of that evidence, which says, hey, something new has come up. This will get you guys out of prison. A habeas corpus, the the whole habeas process was totally violated and raped by Judge Christine Arguello. And to add, totally ignoring the fact that you're talking about a constitutional justice, that our Fifth Amendment uh, rights were violated during trial by this judge, uh, and the transcripts that can prove our innocence are gone and not being released by the same judge. That's never mentioned in the habeas plea. So there's your constitutional injustice, but totally ignored. Just if you do exactly what this judge wants, basically she'll let you out of prison. And that would apply to all of the defendants, not just one. That is what makes her decision to grant this habeas to Gary Walker so insane. Well, the, the terminology used in the court is grave constitutional error. They have what you call in proceedings harmless error, and then what is flat-out error. Constitution grave. What does that mean? It has to be an enormous, grave constitutional error. In this particular case, the Constitution was not even in place while habeas was granted. There was no constitutional error as reason to grant habeas to Gary Walker. It was a bunch of nonsense that was opposed vehemently by the prosecution, by the government initially. But at the granting of this habeas, not one word out of the mouth of the government's uh, representatives were uh, in any way speaking uh, to, to that. That's a major problem. The bottom line here, if you hear Gary Walker, which you will hear tonight, talk about the vision of the IRP Solutions Company, himself and the other five defendants, what they sought out to do together and the vision that would carry that out, the work that would bring that to to be a reality. We're going to play for you right now the impact of this betrayal. The people that knew Gary Walker, this was not a man that didn't know what he was doing, never committed a crime, but one crime, one crime he did commit, that was perjury to the court, when he claimed he was under some spell and came to the conclusion that he came to. Yolanda Walker, the wife of Gary Walker, was affected in a horrible way. I'm going to let her tell her position and her thoughts on this. Let's hear the clip. Yes, um, my name is Yolanda Walker. I was married to Gary Walker for over 28 years until I recently divorced him because of this uh, situation. Um, When I hear the things that he said, the lies that he's telling, it makes me physically ill. I think back to all the time that we spent in my home with the other guys preparing for this trial, up late at night, going through case law, doing all these things, fighting for their life, and for him to come here in the end 
because he couldn't handle the pressure of being in prison. And I'm not saying that it was easy to be there. I understand that the pressure has been great uh, on them. It's been great for us. I went there every week, and I could see that it was taking their toll on them. But for him to do what he's done, to come out and tell these horrific lies, which none of them are true, none of them. Gary Walker is not a man that can be under the spell of anybody. That man is, has a mind of his own. I know him because I've been married to him for over 28 years. You don't make Gary Walker do anything that he doesn't want to do. And for him to use, come out and tell that lie that my mother had put him under a spell, and he was under a spell, and he couldn't think for himself, and he did all this stuff, none of it's true. None of it's true. And the bottom line is, all of this stuff is based on the fact that he was jealous of the relationship between my mother and myself, which had nothing to do with me, his relationship with me. He didn't want me to do anything for my mother. He was very controlling, and to the point that when he got to prison, he wanted to blame someone to find fault with someone that he was there. Instead of him blaming the people, the judge, uh, Judge Aguero, Matthew Kirsch, Shanita Hazra, uh, John Walsh, the people that put him there, he turned and, and, and wanted to put it on my mother. That I couldn't deal with. I can't deal with betrayal. He, know, he knew when he married me, loyalty is at the top of my list. He, that was a deal breaker. I could not live with that. And I would never live with that. I think about my brother that is in prison, that worked with him. All these guys that worked with him gave up their lives for his dream. And this is how he repays them? It's the most horrific thing that I could ever imagine in my life. I said to him in the process of the divorce, what do you think this leaves for your son to think about you? He wouldn't listen to me. He wouldn't listen to anybody. And the sad thing is, that when people go and put somebody in prison, they don't realize the mental toll that it's going to have on these people to the point that he had a mental breakdown, lost his mind to go and say the things that he's saying now. This is not the man that I married. The man that I married was a man I thought of integrity. I waited to get married late in my late 20s to make sure I found a good man, a decent man, and he turns around and to do something like this. It's, it's unreal. It is totally unreal to me. And how could you walk away and leave those guys and say they were guilty when we all worked and fought like crazy for their lives, trying not to go to prison because they were innocent? I live with this man. I know what he said. I know what he thought. So for him to come out now and say, uh, no, it was a spell. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, all the, it's, none of it's true. Not one word of it is true. And it's horrible that, uh, that he would come to this degree because he couldn't handle the pressure of being in prison. I just, I just, I still cannot believe this is happening. I sit here and listen to him talk about all the stuff he said before. I listened when I heard the lies and the things that he said at that hearing. And the people, when he goes out and joins up with arch enemies, people that have left the church, and he talks about these people leaving the church, and why would they go out and lie against uh, Pastor Rose? He knows my mother. He was in this family for 28 years. If it was bad and all this crooked stuff was going on in my control, how did he stay here for 30 years? 
So it's none of what he's saying is true. Nobody needs to buy what he says. And I can't believe a judge that's supposed to get to that kind of status would be so stupid as to sit there and let some stupid thing go on in a courtroom that had nothing to do with the haters, had nothing to do with ineffective counsel, had nothing to do with anything but a slander against my mother, Pastor Rose. She shouldn't be allowed to stay on the bench. And how do you make a decision based on a one-sided story? You didn't hear from any current members. You didn't hear from Pastor Rose. You didn't hear from me. You didn't hear from the other defendants. You didn't hear from his son. But you're going to believe one word of one guy and a few disgruntled employees, I mean, uh, church members, that you have no proof of what they're saying is true. None whatsoever. She needs to be removed from the bench. She doesn't deserve the title of a judge. A judge is supposed to sit and judge a situation uh, correctly. Hear both sides of the story. But she didn't do that. And so... Anybody out there that knows uh, this situation, that knows Gary Walker, everybody, we, I love this man. More than I can say in my life, I would have never uh, pictured my life getting into a divorce. But when you do something this bad and this horrible to destroy other people's lives, I can't deal with that. But I just wanted to say that on the record that she is a liar. And that is why I had to divorce him. I, and for the betrayal for you to do this to these men, they gave up their lives for you, for your dream. And if you're listening out there, I hope you live with the regret and the and the devastation of what you did to the day you die. I hope you carry it to your grave. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. There you have it. Hmm. What do you say? Kendrick, your thoughts? It's just uh, it's painful to hear. It's really painful. Um, it's hard when you're fighting for your life and you're all in it together and you don't come out together. You don't end it together. You don't end it with courage and with some honor. And to leave... Your own wife, throw her under the bus, get rid of everything, your family, your dignity, any respect. He didn't care. I mean, this this was, he was the CEO of IRP Solutions. This is his company. And to say, to disavow yourself from everything we built together, everything we fought for, the truth, the truth that we stood to protect. It's just, it's just, it hurts. It's, just, it's a, there's not really much else you can say about that. Well, I'll tell you this right now. RP Solutions consisted of six men. Kendrick Barnes, who just spoke me in one of them. What is unbelievable to me is that a judge, as Yolanda said so, so perfectly, to allow this in the courtroom. The targeting of judges to defendants is unacceptable. To allow this, knowing this is a complete circus. This is not habeas. For the men and women that are working on habeas petitions to the court, fighting for that, habeas is your last hope for justice 
in most cases. For a judge to allow the abuse of habeas by a man who simply is scared to stay in prison rather than hold true to his integrity as the RP5 have and to be enabled by a federal judge to do so. He was enabled by a judge who had a prejudice and a bias against a pastor, a religion, a church, and opined in that process from the bench to slander Pastor Rosebanks. This wasn't about an IT company, a grave constitutional error. This was not what this was about. How can we destroy these men? And to be betrayed is uncomprehendable. Now, you just heard what Yolanda Walker said that Gary Walker was putting out. He has no idea what's going on. He woke up from some nightmare and he had an epiphany that, what am I here? Why am I here? And where am I going? And what am I doing here? It's a joke. Gary Walker was very clear on his vision with the IRP5. Let's play the contradiction of Mr. Gary Walker. I began the first version of this software over 11 years ago. Uh, this represents a significant investment of time for me. Um, and given that, the amount of effort, the amount of money put into this, the travel put in, learning law enforcement, uh, it really just appalls me when I hear the government make allegations that this is a scam, that this company was set up for the sole purpose to take money from staffing companies or any other company. Uh, this is a passion of mine. It's, it's been my life work for over a decade. So anyone who's worked over a significant amount of time on any endeavor can feel my passion, can feel that this is something that I want to get out into the marketplace to improve the work that our law enforcement agencies do. Uh, the people I have working with me are also just as passionate on this work. We've devoted much of our time to this. We made personal sacrifices. Uh, personally, I've gone through quite a bit of financial turmoil in order to develop this software. Um, and this is something that I want to continue to work. Uh, our company, RP Solutions, continues to push this product. We continue to market it to the goal of getting this into the hands of the major law enforcement agencies in our country. Uh, this is not a scam. This is real life for us. This is what we've been working for many years to get into the marketplace. And it is incredulous to believe that the government would accuse us of setting up a scam company uh, for the sole purpose of defrauding others when you can clearly see that there's a significant amount of effort here, there's significant capability. And from the major law enforcement agencies we've talked to, this is some of the best software on the market. Uh, once we've been able to push past this hurdle, uh, with, the, with the legal challenges we currently face, we are very certain that we'll be able to be vindicated and to get this into the hands of major law enforcement agencies. This software was developed in part during the duration and the time period of 9-11. Uh, during one of our trips to New York City 
uh, we stayed in a hotel across the street from the former World Trade Center. Uh, being on the 50th floor of that hotel, we were able to look down at the gaping hole left as a result of that tragedy. And it really hit home for us that we have something that can help prevent future incidents like this. Uh, one of the reasons that that incident occurred is that different agencies had inf- information about the terrorists that they were not able to share amongst other agencies. Well, our silk software does just that. Uh, we also think back to the Washington, D.C. sniper. Uh, potentially, lives could have been saved if information had been shared across agencies. Uh, our software does that. So we as a company have a passion about what we deliver. We realize that this is software that can make a difference with people's lives. It could save lives. Uh, we are passionate about our work. Uh, we are passionate about delivering silk into the hands of major law enforcement agencies. Um, being an entrepreneur now for many years, uh, this is a dream. And a, and a dream of a business for an, op- for an entrepreneur is not something that he can give up on easily. Uh, I've worked many years to get this software put in place, to fund this company, to get this software into the hands of users. Uh, that's a dream that does not go away easily. Uh, even with the current uh, law and uh, criminal allegations against the company, that has not deterred our drive to get this software into the hands of the right people. We're certain that this software, being in their hands, can help them do much better law enforcement work to benefit our country, to benefit people across the world, because this is globally capable software. Um, having worked in the software so, for so many years uh, and seeing its evolution, I know that this can make a difference in law enforcement. Um, I, I read an article recently that talked about entrepreneurs. It talked about why they're so passionate about their work. And the reason is that when you work on any project over a period of five, even ten years, it becomes part of your personality. Uh, the company, your products become a part of you. It's not something that you can easily give up on. And in fact, one entrepreneur stated that when he had to close his company, it was like a death in the family. That's what I'm finding again. That's what IRP Solutions is working to continue to have this company be operational, to uh, show others, and to get past our current legal struggles so that we can have a viable company delivering a very valuable product for law enforcement and to benefit uh, the lives of Americans. On June 28, 2017, Judge Christine Arguello shockingly cut IRP-6 defendant Gary Walker's sentence in half after he claimed that he was not in control of his mind when he made the decision to represent himself. Court records allegedly show Walker's repeatedly saying that his decision to represent himself was an individual decision and not a result of coercion. But Walker now fantastically asserts in recent court filings related to his post-conviction ineffective assistance of counsel proceeding that his decision to fire his attorney was based on him being under the spell of his mother-in-law, Pastor Rose Banks, of the Colorado Springs Fellowship Church, where he, his wife, and his son have attended for decades. Walker also claimed that Pastor Banks kept him away from his family and that the IRP, other five IRP6 defendants committed a crime, even, even if they deny it. Walker, president of IRP Solutions, says he was not really the president 
Pastor Rose Banks was running the company. RP6 defendant David Banks discusses Walker's statements about his sister, who is Walker's wife, and Pastor Banks, who is Banks' mother. I think everyone will agree that a man like Gary Walker, who is in his 50s, changes his story multiple times and blazes his personal decisions on his pastor, mother-in-law, and wife is not a real man. The reason I read that, folks, is that what you've just heard from Gary Walker was spoken intelligently, vehemently, and defending the vision of IRP Solutions. But I wanted to share that portion of that press release with you because it is a complete contradiction. Anybody that heard what Gary Walker just said, he said it is like a death in the family. And for them to say that we did anything illegal, wrong, is hurtful to him. He said the blood, the sweat, the tears, as he stood and observed Ground Zero. Doesn't take a genius. It is clear. Press release said it correct. Fantastic lies. Judge Aguil bought into what she chose to do. We continue this discussion. On the side of the break, we hear from our beloved sister, Luana Banks-Clark. We'll be right back. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now, add a wrongful conviction to that. Life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with. Especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation You can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call or just calls today. 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. When does it stop being partly cloudy and start being partly sunny? Why is the word abbreviation so long? Are English muffins just muffins in England? Why is it called a washing line and not a drying line? Do fish get thirsty? If ghosts can walk through doors, why don't they fall through floors? Do you yawn when you sleep? If prunes are dried plums, how do they make prune juice? Why do doctors leave the room when you change? They're gonna see you naked anyway. Do board chefs wear hairnets? How much deeper would the ocean be if all the sponges were taken out? Do you believe someone who says they're a chronic liar? Why is sandwich bread square and sandwich meat round? Life's full of hard questions. 
ask one more. You might just save a life. Because I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock on a school night. Because I'm 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents. Because I'm 16, I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent. At 16, I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone. Because I'm 16, I can't buy a lottery ticket. I can't vote. I can't drink. I can't smoke. I can't join the military. Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime criminal record. If I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16, my mother had to sign this consent form so that I could participate in this video. But I can go to an adult prison. But I can go to Rikers Island. But I can be sent to Attica. My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that. Last week, my father sent me to my room. Next week, a judge could sentence me to an adult prison. We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York. I'm a father. I'm a sister. A registered nurse. I serve my country in the United States military. I'm your neighbor. I sit next to you at church. And my child was arrested, held in custody, questioned without my knowledge, exposed to violence, witnessed to rape, placed in solitary confinement, unable to call or see me, shackled to a wall, beaten, sentenced as an adult at age 17, sentenced as an adult at age 16, sentenced as an adult at age 15. We felt lost, isolated, ostracized, misjudged, terrified, and in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life. And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support and resources to get through one of the most difficult times in my life. Now I know I'm not alone. And neither are you. Now we have a voice. Now we, we have, have power. power. In numbers. In numbers. In numbers. We, we can, can make a difference. There are approximately 2 million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio. Tonight, as we are in uncomfortable territory, is an understatement. 
as tonight we address the ugly side of betrayal. But the bigger picture is the betrayal that made its way before a federal judge, Judge Christine Arguello, Denver, Colorado, 10th Circuit, is uncomprehendable. We depend on or did or believed in a system that if you went into a courtroom, you thought surely a judge who was there to seek justice, to make sure all both sides are treated fairly, but not in this case. Gary Walker, in an attempt to get a get-out-of-jail-free card, pass, if you will, lied to a federal judge in her court, but was enabled by this same judge, Christine Arguello. We talk a lot about the pressure of injustice, the cost, the collateral damage, if you will, of injustice. Lawana Banks-Clark was one of the ones that suffered became collateral damage of injustice. We believe that the injustice suffered in this case, the betrayal of Gary Walker, who the family knew uh, intimately for 28 years, 28 Christmases, birthdays, celebrations, barbecues, Holidays. All for not. Woke up one day with an epiphany that justice, our justice system, would not turn a blind eye to, but enabled this man to do what he did. The Wanna Banks Clark was under pressure. She was very upset about these untruths, about the pressure that was applied to her during the course of the years of injustice that we are fighting against today. Lawana Banks-Clark had something to say about this betrayal. Let's hear it. Yes, uh, I was calling Gary Walker, my brother-in-law, for many years. Um, I, I, I try to grasp and understand how a person who has been a part of your life for so many years, uh, turns into such uncomprehendable liar and a traitor. I still am in awe at the, at what he has done, at what he's, the things that he's saying and has said and, and it's so bizarre and so far-fetched and so out there. It's, it's like, what is wrong with you? How did you get to this point that you, that you could lie like this about this whole situation and about your mother-in-law and your pastor? And how, I don't get it. A, a guy that came to the church many, many years ago and continued to come. I mean, before we even know really who he was, just continued to come and continued to come. He continued to come because he, there was something there he loved and he liked. 
He wasn't forced. He wasn't made to stay. He wasn't set up. None of this crap is true. He came because he witnessed the spirit of God, as many people that come to the church. And, and, and ha- had no problem with the leadership, evidently. So Pastor Rose has been preaching the truth and preaching the word of God as long as I can possibly remember. I'm 50, 50, 56 years old now. And you're, you, you just, you're trying to get this. You can't get it. And to, to me, to throw away your marriage, your son, a wife that you would never, ever find another one like her never that i would literally destroy my own life for jealousy and hatred it is uncomprehendable i i just can't get it i don't understand it of course it it, it, it we, our family has always been very close We've always got along. Our, our, our mother and our pastor and our, and our friend, she tells us the truth. She has always told us the truth about everything. And she's told Gary the truth. She told everybody the truth. And I think it's all about I hate the truth. I have to hate it to, to go to this part that I hate you so bad. For no reason. There's no reason. She was good. She treated him like a son, like she treats everybody. Pastor Rose don't know no stranger. She has, she is nothing but love. And all these people out there with Gary lying and saying things that are, are true, these people that used to be a part because they decided I don't want to live as the word says live. I don't want to be right. I don't want to do it right, so I'm going to just go out and lie and lie and lie. It is phenomenal to me, but what really gets me is that you were here a part of us, a part of the family, first family of this church, and you were for 20-something years. You were happy. Don't tell me you weren't happy. Gary was happy. He had a good life. A great life, a great marriage, a good wife, a, a, a devoted son that loved him and cared about him. You throw all this away for it is phenomenal to me. I'm still that's and I had to say something because being a part of this and seeing it for yourself is very difficult to put your put your wrap your mind around. Very difficult. It's like this can't possibly be happening because there was no reason. Period anywhere for for Gary to take the road he took and, and to sell out his his fellow uh, brothers and friends and when they worked so hard together they they were a dynamic power I mean they were phenomenal I would watch them I watched them in that courtroom they were over the top and then for you to say that they were wrong and you weren't wrong they weren't wrong he wasn't wrong. They did the right thing. They stood up for what was right. They said they were innocent because they were innocent. And to this day, they're still innocent. He, for you to take a way out, to, be a, to become a coward and say, no, these guys, uh, did, they did this and they did, we did that. We shouldn't have. That's a, that, is a, that is totally untrue. But what the best thing I can and that I can look forward to is that the truth always wins out. It always comes to the forefront. It always, you can do anything against the truth, only for the truth. 
and it's going to come out. It always does. A lie can never stand. Gary's lies will never stand. Uh, none of it. And these guys that I'm, I know soon will be home to defend themselves even more and fight this fight is going to be uncomprehendable, and they should. They should continue. You don't give up. My mother always told us, you don't, if you're right, you, you don't give in. You hold your ground. You stand it. Come, come hell or high water, you never let go. And it's the God sent truth. That's what any mother or pastor or anybody should say to people. The tr- tell the truth because it's always going to win out. And I just think it's a tragedy that Gary allowed himself to go to, uh, to destroy his own life, his own life, and continue to lie. And you're, 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 you're not involved. You don't know who God is to do such a thing. This is uncomprehendable. If you believe you're going to prosper over this, no, you're not. You're not going to prosper. You can't. It's impossible. It's against who God is and against the word of God. But thank you for this time. Thank you for letting me vent and get some of this off of my chest. I had to speak up for what, for what I know is right, what I know is true. And I'm not just saying it because uh, this is her mother. This is, no, I'm saying it because it's true. If my mother was no good, I'd say she was no good. If, if people are doing right, if them men were crooked, they deserve to go to jail. If they did something underhanded or wrong, they didn't do anything. And it's going to be proven. Across this whole country, it will be proven. But thank you so much for your time. Words of David Banks. One of the RP5 continues to state, Gary claiming that my mother was running our company and that he was a front man president who, nothing, who knew nothing of our business activities is an unbelievable lie. That's Banks. Rose Banks is 72. And correction, she is 74 now. Years old and virtually knows nothing about computers or cell phones except to answer it when it rings. And definitely knows nothing about the software business or staffing industry, says Banks. Irrespective of Gary's despicable and cowardly actions and absurd lies, the facts and evidence in this case shows nothing but our innocence, add Banks of the RP6. Our case was a civil matter turned criminal by the government, and no amount of lies told by Gary will change that, says Banks. Judge Christine Arguello knows this is true, and so does the AUSA Matthew Kirsch and former U.S. Attorney John Walsh, adds Banks. Our fidelity of unwavering allegiance is to the truth. And I would die before I sell out my mother, my sister, my co-defendants, or any other person by telling lies to get a shortened sentence after being wrongfully convicted and in prison. Comes from David Banks, the brother of Luana Banks-Clark, who you just heard from. Unbelievable. How a person... To what lengths a person will go to, no matter the cost. Luana said there, Gary had a good life. It doesn't take 28 years to find out that you're in some type of unfavorable position. It doesn't take 28 services. find out 
that there's a problem with the church that you went to. 28 years of going. Just untrue. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. Gary Walker's claims, as David put in this situation, is clear. He cowered out. Kendrick, Gary, you work with him. We keep hearing from Yolanda and Luana tonight the untiring work, sometimes sleepless nights, working to try to make a difference, as Gary alluded to after standing at ground zero. Tell us a little bit about that. It was, it was exciting. Uh, we worked long hours. We were there sometimes at 6 o'clock in the morning. And a lot of times, uh, this, this rolled until 1130 at night. Sometimes you know, we worked from home. A lot of times, even myself, I had to get up at 1130 at night. We were configuring servers, running backups. I mean, we were working. And the excitement. Uh, we had a bell in the in the company, and it was our good news bell. And whenever that bell, they would come back from a a, uh, a sales trip, a demo, a demonstration, they would always come in and ring that bell. And all the employees, they would tell us all the good news that was happening on the on their business trip, on the business. Sales. I mean, it was it was exciting, and to see all that hard work that we were actually trying to make a difference and do something, and to then disavow all of that, disavow all those. Who? What do you say to those excited faces? If you can go back and you see all of us looking anxiously, waiting. What happened? What did they say about the software this time? What are the good things that they that they were appreciated about it? And then what do you tell them now that all of a sudden now I'm just throwing it all away because I'm in prison? Well, I was in prison too, right along with you. So and there's and there's four of the guys still there. Holding on to their integrity. So my thing is, what is it worth? I mean, what do you tell all those people that came to work for you? We all came there to work together under his leadership. But we all contributed. So all our work in your mind means nothing. And it's just, it's just, it's sad because it was, it was, we were, it was a very good time. We were doing something good. And it's worth it, even all the things that I've went, been through, and I'm, and I'm sure that the other IRP members will agree, everything we work for is worth it because we were doing good. We didn't do anything wrong. We were doing good. And when you hear Kendrick Lawana Banks-Clark, when you hear her, what does that do to you with her passion? Who believed in... And saw, she said, with her own, witnessed it herself. When you hear her talk, she's no longer here. Yeah, and, and she also paid the price. I mean, she was, right. she was used as fodder to try to, to squeeze us as the uh, IRP6 at the time to take a plea, to basically get on her knees and beg for a lenient sentence, beg for, hey, uh, go light on us. Well, we didn't do one thing. And she paid the price for it. So to hear her with that passion, she too was part of this. Unknowingly. I mean, out, not even, not even uh, a developer or anything like that, but they, they drug her into it. And they tried to make her, and did. They convicted her on some total trumped up, made up uh, uh, charges. That's, that's what the government can do. 
they have the power to do that, and they will use it, and they do use it. But to hear her go through that experience, and as you ever hear on that recording, she wasn't uh, damaged. She kept, she kept her integrity. She didn't uh, get drug in as an innocent and start blaming other people for what happened to her. She blamed the right people. It was the government that did this. She, no one else did it. It wasn't a, a, a person who loved you that you that you were called family. No, it was it was forces that probably to this day we may not know all the things that went on behind the scenes that caused this. But you blame the right people. You blame the right person that put injustice in your life. You don't go after people that loved you, that treated you like family, that supported you, that always stood there to make sure that you had everything you need. You don't turn on those people. Jerry Walker talks about uh, how he knew nothing that was going on in the company. He had no idea. He was never CEO, that his mother-in-law ran the company. He doesn't even know what's going on. He woke up and asked the question, who am I and what am I doing here? That's what it came down to. Uh, Wasn't the case. And, And you have to imagine, we're all in the, we've all been working together for years. We We just went through a trial. We're suffering. We're all missing our family. We're in a small area. I mean, this is basically a, a prison, like a small little town community. You know everybody. There's nowhere to go. And here's this guy all of a sudden. He's ignoring you like he doesn't see you. He doesn't remember us now because he's got a scheme to, exactly. to get out. He's not, he's not telling us what he's thinking. He's not telling us what lies he's about to tell. He's not telling us about to throw us under the bus and anybody else who gets in the middle of the street is going to run him over. And he's all of a sudden he doesn't know none of us. He doesn't know who we are. He doesn't. He doesn't even say hi. He doesn't sit next to us in the cafeteria. We we came in together, and all of a sudden one just all of a sudden now all this hardship, all this memories, the things that we had, all the truth that we know, all of a sudden, that's just you don't know us, you don't recognize us, and and people around are asking. I mean, this is a small spot. They're asking, hey, what's going on with your with your co-defendant? Why is he acting weird? Is he's acting like something's wrong with him? And we're like, we don't know. I can't tell you. You have to talk to him. And I, I just imagine that. I mean, a person you've known for so long, just to save his own skin, just forgets everyone. And not just and, – and, and to, me, to, to me, I can expect him to forget me. But your wife, your son, in-laws, mother-in-law, I, I just – I don't understand that. I can never understand it. Samson. Yeah, just listen to this. I mean, it's been mentioned several times already. Like, everything he did to betray, betray the remaining members of the IRP-6, it's, it's just a complete act of cowardice. And, you know, the fact that that both uh, Luana and Yolanda both questioned his, his stature even as a man is rightfully deserved. I mean... On one hand, I mean, and we've already played it for the audience to hear about how on one hand he's talking about how he's the CEO, he's this entrepreneur, you know, as an entrepreneur, you can't let a dream die. And then on the other hand, now he's trying to place all blame simply to what? To try and gain his freedom by leaving everything he ever knew for the last three decades of his life behind. Right. I mean, it's just, it's it's uncomprehendable. And the fact that, you know, we do have one of the IRP, you know, five here on our panel. I mean, it's... It gives us that inside perspective that, like we've all said, unless you've truly been there, like you can't, you can't even imagine what it goes, you know, what you go through for somebody you put in countless hours working and developing something from the ground up 
to have them basically stab you in the back and, you know, throw you under the bus as, as fast as possible just to save their own hide. For me, I think it's absolutely pathetic. And, you know, I, I honestly, you know, if he's out there and happens, I, I hope he hears it. I hope he hears that, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like, it, it's less of a man, in my opinion. And it, it just, I don't know, it's sad. Let's hear the contradiction again. Another contradiction from Gary Walker as these lies just pile up. Let's hear it. Well, on the morning of uh, February 9th, 2005, the day of the FBI raid, I remember uh, someone coming in my office saying the FBI was here. And uh, I thought they were joking possibly, but I uh, looked out the window and saw a lot of FBI agents, so immediately went to the front entrance and uh, just a feeling of shock. So it's been two years since the company was raided by the FBI. It was kind of reminiscing on what happened there and the surprise and shock of that day as a small company making software to help law enforcement, suddenly over 20 FBI agents show up at our building with a search warrant. So And why? Uh, exactly. Why? And, and allegations of fraud, that we weren't uh, producing software, that we didn't have a legitimate business concern. It doesn't make sense, and uh, you just want to talk about that and, and get our feelings out of that. It still is amazing to me that the things that they took emphasized the products, the engineering, the intellectual property, or financial records, which was what was listed on the uh, search warrant. And so it, it just makes you wonder whether there are other motives involved. I'm reflecting back on our, some of our intentions and motives for our software product, how we really had a passion for helping law enforcement and wanted to build the best law enforcement product out there and available anywhere in the world. And we were successful in that. Uh, we had so many accolades and uh, just uh, glowing reviews from law enforcement. And I remember the day where we had the grand opening for our new building. Uh, we had people there from law enforcement, retired uh, officers, uh, people who were uh, in, in law and legal profession, uh, city and government officials, and everybody was very impressed, uh, gave us a lot of kudos about what we were doing. And so it, I find it sadly ironic that the people were, that we're working so hard for, and we were very hard for, for years on this software product, it's sadly ironic that that, that user community, that, that group, would be the ones who would come in and raid us like this. And do you remember some of the comments we got while we were uh, at meetings with DHS? I remember someone saying oh, yes. that, how did this small company oh, yes. You must have a good product. They were about, them. We're looking for reasons to kick people out. Precisely. And so we went through rounds and rounds of meetings, successful demonstrations with DOJ, DHS, uh, CIO at DOJ, right. and we got nothing but very positive comments and constructive uh, comments about how to make the application even better. This has got to be some kind of major mistake because everything we're doing here is fine uh, and uh, nothing that uh, would warrant what we were going through that day. Well, there you have it. Gary Walker, a complete contradiction of everything that has been stated, that what he said was the truth, 
took him to a courtroom in the Tenth Circuit, Christina Aguayo, the federal judge, and made a circus out of habeas. This is AJC Radio. We come back. Tsunami effect. Tsunami damage of injustice. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation on earth. However, sadly, we are also the world's most archaic. I'm going to give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a just cause. And we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. It is time. And I say high time that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. We know you care. Now is time. Time to change the face of justice. Did you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non-existent? The incidence of youth and minority offenders facing trials have exploded. Youth and minorities are not being represented as they should be. We must represent for people to get fair trials. If you acquire a state ID or driver's license, it allows you to register to vote. And it allows you to become eligible for jury service. If you're 18, a U.S. citizen with a state ID or driver's license and registered to vote, you're eligible to be called for jury duty. If called and selected, make it your duty to serve. We can't get justice without you. Change. 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 Change the face of justice. Check your local county or state jury service website for further details. The criminal justice system has a set of rights created to protect you. But do you think it's really protecting us? You had a right to remain silent, but that really means you had a right to be silent, doubted, interrogated, suspected. The color of your skin can and will be used against you in the court of law. In their hands, we're incarcerated five times more often than white people convicted for the same crimes. You have a right to attorney during questioning. In some states, 80% of criminal defendants can't even afford an attorney. So an overworked public defender controls your fate. One government employee, countless lives at stake. You had a right to be innocent until proven guilty. But somehow, about 47% of the wrongly convicted are black. And if they do prove you're guilty, they're going to write you a run-on sentence 
on average, 20% longer than white defendants accused of the same crime. Even if you get out, you're still not free. When you're an ex-con, they had a right to deny you a bank account, deny you a mortgage, deny you a job, deny your vote. And if you don't remain perfect with the smallest slip-up, smallest infraction, the most honest mistake, you're going to join us the 80% who come back to prison within five years, as I did. That's when you realize they didn't bring us here to thrive. They brought us here to build this. The plantation and the prison are actually no different. The past is the present. It ain't no coincidence. This was the plan since abolition, to keep us subjugated by creating this system. But I believe in a different set of rights. The right to stand up and be heard. The right to reform a broken justice system and build a new future. We had the right to be silent. Now it's our right to speak up. Do you understand these rights as I read them to you? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight. I'll tell you right now, this is something that we're dealing with tonight is personal. It is business, but it's personal. And we are addressing the tsunami of injustice tonight, dealing with Gary Walker, the Benedict Arnold of the IRP6. And Cliff, as you've heard thus far on this show, uh, Give me your thoughts as we hear the emotion tonight, the the pain, if you will, of what has transpired here, and again, what has been enabled by the court, which is the greater tragedy that someone was allowed to be used as an enabler, and it came from the bench of Christina Guell. Yeah, that's another thing that just makes absolutely no sense. You have uh, Gary standing in front of Judge Arguell. She never says, well, hey, get me the other co-defendant. Let's see if he never had anything to do with the business. Because he testified in court that he was a CEO. He testified that uh, he helped build the software and helped build the business. Um, like, like Ken said, you know, we were there watching uh, everybody who was coding, uh, you know, going to some of the demos. He stood up at the grand opening telling people about the business, about uh, what IRP Solutions was all about, how we had come together to build the software. Then he wants to take the position and say he had nothing to do with it. And how does the judge sit there and allow this to happen? That is, I mean, there are no words for it because you you have five other people who could either – uh, co- collaborate his story or could refute his story. It was as simple as saying, call down to the camp in Florence, Colorado, talk to the other co-defendants and interview them, let them testify to do they agree or disagree with what Gary Walker is saying. But Judge Arguello had no one there to refute the statements of Gary Walker. The only other people who were in the courtroom were uh, 
disgruntled former church members that came in and basically lied just like he lied to say that what he was saying was the truth. But and, how, did, and didn't work at IRP. And never, ever worked at IRP Solutions. It, it, it's totally, totally ridiculous. And it is a, uh, I mean, it is, is a slap in the face to justice. That's all you can say. We have a caller. We have uh, Gwen Solomon uh, on the line wants to make a comment about the, uh, the subject we have tonight. Gwen, you're live. Go ahead. Hi, thank you for allowing me to um, speak. Um, I was the attorney for the guys, um, IRP6, and uh, during the sentencing period and during the appeal. And I just wanted to state that during the uh, 2255 hearing that Gary Walker lied. He lied on Pastor Banks. Um, he also lied on me. He stated that Pastor Banks had uh, forced me basically to represent Mr. Walker and the other co-defendants, which was totally untrue. Um, I was headed to court um, during the time of their uh, when they got convicted, and there was a bond hearing. And when I got there, they knew that I was an attorney, um, all the guys, and so they requested my services. And because I was a friend, um, I agreed to represent them pro bono. Um, there was a Rule 44C hearing um, where Judge Arguello addressed every single individual that voluntarily um, stated that they wanted my representation. I provided her with yes. Well, hold one moment. Uh, we're having a little bit of a technical issue. Give us one moment. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna we want to definitely hear what you got to say. But give us a moment as they're fixing that issue. Um, we're gonna understand the role of of Miss Solomon was uh, was important, uh, but it basically talks to and speaks to the fact that the lies being told here affected not only the families, the RP six, but your legal counsel. That's uncomprehendable to me because all she was trying to do towards the appeal was to help. Gwen, go ahead. Okay, and I also wanted to state that I didn't understand how Mr. Walker could betray betray his family, his friends, and me, uh, Pastor Banks, when um, we supported him 100%. And um, he he was basically the ultimate traitor, the ultimate liar, and he just wanted to get out of jail because he wasn't man enough um, to hold his integrity, to, you know, that of his innocence. He was he's innocent, and also the other five uh, co-defendants are innocent. Judge Arguello is aware of this. She had evidence to um, to uh, esculpate their. Um, uh, you know, to exculpate their innocence, and she refused to to acknowledge the evidence that she had presented before them, uh, before her, the court, to allow them to present that so that they could um, show that, that what they were doing was a, 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 right, a rightful business, legitimate, nothing was wrong. And even Matthew Kirsch, uh, during or prior to the uh, 22-5 hearing, he acknowledged that uh, Gary Walker wasn't under any type of spell or anything right. to that manner. And he was able, he, he, you know, he refuted that Gary even had a right to a 2255 hearing. So well, Judge Arguello allowed him to be free. She should have also allowed the other 
co-defendants to be free on their innocence. And well, so um, I wanted to make those comments. And, and Gwen, thank you so much for calling. I uh, apologize for the technical issues we're having, but uh, uh, thanks for that comment. We're going to reiterate that uh, for those that may not have got all of what you said, but thanks for taking the time to call us tonight. We appreciate it. Well, folks, there you have it. Uh, Gwen, Gwen Solomon uh, talking about another victim of the fantastic lies uh, told by Gary Walker. Um, unbelievable. Uh, you have all of this evidence that Gary Walker was telling untruths, period. And as a judge on the bench, you simply ignore that. Um, that's something that is uncomprehendable to me. Uh with the oath that is taken by all judges, uh, all legal attorneys, those that serve in our criminal justice system to simply ignore uh, the facts in a case, uh, we might as well throw the courtroom out because it's unacceptable and no one will be treated fairly in a system such as that. Well, I mean, Lamont, let's go ahead and just call it what it is. You know, I mean, we've called, you know, we've, he's been called a coward. He's been called less of a man. Let me just just call it what it is. You know, this is the case of Judas going to the, the Sanhedrin. You know, the court and everybody, they were out for blood, and they found them a patsy that's going to lead them right to it. He took the dive. He took, you know, the, the, the plea bargain, the ticket, whatever out, and sold everyone else up the river. That's what it is. He he is the old like like uh, Gwen was saying. He he is the ultimate traitor in this whole thing. He played the role of Judas perfectly to to ensure that anybody that worked with him, anybody that was associated with him for the better part of his life up to that point, got to you know face as as we say a tsunami of injustice. That's exactly what it is. Uh, right now we're going to hear from Dave Zapolo, one of the RP five. His thoughts. Uh, on the betrayal of Gary Walker. Let's hear it. Dave, talk to us a little bit. You've been there five and a half years, wrongfully convicted. What are your thoughts about the actions and the statements of untruths by Gary Walker? It was amazing. It hurt so much to have somebody that was called a friend that just stabbed you in the back and lied about things that happened. You sit there and you don't understand how somebody can do that especially when you lived it. Yes. You have, you have situations where you listen to the lies and you're like, how did, they, how did that person come up with that? How did he do that and come up with those types of statements? And you're just baffled by it. Oh, absolutely. And as you know, he went on to attack uh, uh, Pastor Banks. Uh, lied about her role with him. Uh, lied about her role in the company, but she has no role in the organization. Uh, tell exactly. Us, tell us a little bit about that and your experience with Pastor Banks. When, when you see what he did to Pastor Banks, it just, it hurt me so much because she is our spiritual leader and he turned around and tried to implicate her into some, first of all, there was no crime committed, but then to implicate her and say that there was a crime committed. It's, I, I just can't even fathom something like that. Somebody that wasn't even involved. No, and you've been in, in, in the ministry uh, with Pastor Banks for several, many, many years. And all I've heard thus far and seen it with my eyes as well as other people is that a supportive pastor that told you to respect the law and to do the right thing. That would be. Oh, that's right. Go ahead, Dave. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, that, that's one thing is through being in that ministry, I've been in the ministry since 1993. Everything that you teach is from the Bible, is to obey the law, obey God's law, and obey the law of the land. So why would we do something that was illegal? It makes no sense for him to turn around and say that we did something and that she was even involved in it. Yeah, and she had no involvement. She had no right. involvement. Other than encourage people to go after your dreams and do the right thing by doing it. Dave, oh, yes. Go ahead, Dave. Well, you, you look at everything that he said about her, about his wife, to turn around and say they were involved in something illegal makes no sense. And then when you say that, she, that Pastor Rose was involved in the business, how is that even fathomable to say that a pastor who has time to take care of the ministry has actually time to work in a business and then do something illegal makes no sense at all. And knowing the pastor, if anything illegal was being done, it would have been stopped immediately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dave, is there anything? Even you... if it... Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Even if something was being done in, in a situation where we didn't understand what we were doing and she recognized it being wrong, she would have stopped us. That's the bottom line. We're talking about integrity here. And I'm going to ask you the same question, Dave. I asked uh, David Banks. People do a lot of things to walk out of a penitentiary. Would you have ever lied in order to get out of the penitentiary to be free? Oh, there is no way. I would spend my whole time here and then some before I'd lie. There you have it so much our prayers and thoughts are with you as we continue to fight for justice and we salute your honor and your integrity and all the honor and integrity of these men who believe in what they did and believe the fight for justice we appreciate you so very much and we appreciate you thank you for everything that you're doing for us thank you so much sir thank you bye-bye And there you have it, Dave Zerpolo, a dear brother, a friend, and a victim of a system that failed. It's a victim. William, you were able to observe some of these things, the work, uh, your role there at times. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts as we visit this issue uh, and on this show in, in regards to this. You know, I was listening to the clips, listening to Gary defend, uh, you know, his position, talk about the software. And, and I remember the early stages. I remember him talking about doing ride-alongs with the police. I remember the first stages of the software that we built and um, basically his vision and understanding it. And then as we made changes, migrated the software, moved it, to a more current platform and moved into the new office building. You know, all these things were things that were parts of his dreams that he saw the business grow, and there was a lot of excitement. You know, there was guys that, were, that worked with him, um, you know, in previous projects he brought in, and, and they were working on some of the, some of the back-end stuff. And, and you know, he, he, he got them excited about working on it. And um, – but – the thing about this is you listen to this. I think the biggest thing that really shocks me is I remember seeing him there in the courtroom and he was there um, 
you know, questioning witnesses and, and, and basically defending the guys. You know, he was there. I, I remember seeing him standing there and uh, talking about, you know, the witnesses, who, he, who he's going to bring in, and, you know, working with the other guys, talking about the defense. And, you know, they were a united front. And then you, you look, you fast forward, and this, and this was in front of the same judge. You know, this was Judge Arguello that he was defending, you know, that he was calling out objection, you know, and, and um, then to, to cower down and leave his brothers and say and blame them. I mean, you led them this way. You led them on this decade-long path of, of, of growing and encouraging and and like like Kendrick said, there was many many times long nights, working weekends, doing presentations for different uh, mili- uh, excuse me police organizations, law enforcement organizations, doing all the custom mods. Him sharing, you know, hey, we need to do this, do that. You know that this is not these things are not they're not you know they don't come from somebody that doesn't have a role, a major role, a central a center central role. And it's amazing how you go from just in the span of some years from this defending your freedom and the the freedom of your brothers to the point where you say, I was under a spell. To the same judge, I was under a spell. I was under the influence, and it was them. It was these guys behind me that – caused me to do this and this it's just it's the most mind-numbing thing i mean i'm sitting here and it's, it's baffling to believe that number one it happened number two that this same judge allowed this to happen and then this guy just basically just for his own personal gain just decides i don't care about my wife i don't care about my son I don't care about my mother-in-law, my in-laws, my family. I don't care about the men that I led down this road. I don't care about none of them. It's all about me. And now I'm going to turn around and lie and blame all them. I was, I was, you know, and, and basically saying they made me do it. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, this is this is unbelievable. As we revisit this situation ladies and gentlemen of america make no mistake about it the american people as this story becomes more and more viral as people across this nation hear and the rp6 stories out there people know it you have a right to know the truth that gary walker Just Cause Organization still defends his innocence. We defend his wrongful conviction because he did nothing wrong. In spite of the traitor he became. Just Cause is about justice. Wherever that justice lies, it lies. The injustice suffered by Gary Walker is not changed by the lies that he told. The argument is the same. Federal Judge Christine Arguello failed 
from the bench of a federal court. You can take that any way you want to take it. It is our job as advocates to call it out. Tonight, we deal with the Gary Walker debacle. David Banks, he's been mentioned a few times on this show tonight. He had thoughts and words regarding the actions of Gary Walker. Let's hear it. Well, um, I think, uh, first of all, I'm one of the guys. I've known Gary since he was uh, in college. I met him uh, in college, and he came to the church around that point. I was almost the one that was promoting him to actually marry into the family or whatever. Uh, the shocking, I think the most shocking part is that the CEO of the company uh, can claim he is some lowly worker. And we were all in this together, uh, and we were doing something great uh, for the country. And uh, he was fully vested, I was fully vested. Uh, obviously, there was no uh, no criminal activity. Uh, that's the furthest thing from any of our mind is, is to possibly commit a crime. And then for him to to deny that he was involved and that we were somehow off uh, doing something illegal is just is just ridiculous. No, absolutely right. And as I was reading here, Gary's statements contradicting one of the other to habeas and what he said. He said there was no intent. He, he was vehemently defending the position of the IRP-6. And the bottom line is, as I see it, and as many see it now, I need to get out of prison. I can't take it anymore. So now I go into a courtroom and call the defendants guilty? I call defendants guilty on the record. What well, does that do to well, you? Well, you know, Mon, uh, Lamont, he uh... – he said in numerous videos, because we defended our innocence uh, long before we came to prison, and there are a number of videos on the Internet, and uh, the contradiction is stark and shocking if people would actually go out and view the videos. We were just trying to create the best uh, case management product we could for law enforcement, uh, and we were tightly tied and and working closely with the likes of the Department of Homeland Security, NYPD, and various other organizations, law enforcement organizations across the country. There was nothing untoward uh, going on, and uh, it's just uh, for somebody to come to this sort of uh, this sort of point of betrayal is uh, is, is not only hurtful; it's just a- absolutely disgraceful. Uh, that he could do this not only to us, but to his wife, uh, family, and and friends. No, absolutely. And his son as well. No, absolutely, David. And I'm going to ask you one question. If you had the opportunity to say something false to get out of prison, you've been there five and a half years, would you do it? Never. Uh, it's, uh, we were taught to do right. I couldn't do it to my enemy. I couldn't sell out a man his family, not for my own selfish interests. It's something I could never live with. I couldn't live with myself if I did something like that. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what you call integrity and not the mind of a criminal. That the mind of one that is innocent. David, anything else you want to add? Anything you want to say to our listeners across the country about the RP6? 
I just uh, encourage people to really go out uh, and support, uh, to read the dossier uh, compiled and put together by a just cause. It really lays out the facts. And to just contact and make as many contacts with uh, people in Washington and uh, other people that can that can help make a difference here. This this is something that shouldn't be happening in our country. Uh, justice system is supposed to treat people with fairness. Uh, there should be equity among all people, uh, by judges, by prosecutors, by everyone. Uh, and uh, we just we just need to. Uh, decry uh, and and this injustice wherever we can, and and, and just make it well known, so so uh, we can hopefully make a difference not only for us uh, and our families have suffered tremendously, but for other people who might uh, ultimately. Let's call it from a federal prison. David, you there? You can continue. Yeah, and, and we just need people to get involved because if if people don't get involved. Uh, ultimately, this is something that can actually happen to them and their family, and I'm certain it's affected many people around the country of all races, uh, uh, and, and I'm sure Just Cause has seen a lot of stuff uh, along those lines. This stuff is pervasive, and it, it's just a horrible national problem that we have in this country. Well, there you have it. David Banks. One of the RP five, man of integrity and honor, um, telling it like it is. Uh, that's the bottom line. And these things are, I don't know what other adjective to use. Uh, it just does not seem real. That an entire process, you're hearing from the RP five tonight, you've heard from Luana Banks Clark. Our beloved sister, you've heard from Yolanda Walker. Uh, this is unbelievable. And it's, it's amazing to me that no matter how many times you hear it, the reaction is the same. It's not old. Because the battle for justice is alive and well. I'll play a clip right now that we want you to hear. We'll talk about it on the other side. Let's hear it. Well, just Calls has found something very interesting. A playwright by Judge H. Lee Serrigan about the RMP6. It starts right now. Take a look. My name is David Banks, and I'm serving an 11-year sentence at the Federal Correctional Complex Prison Camp in Florence, Colorado. I've lost everything. My business, my money, my family, my future, my church, and my freedom. My name is Gary Walker, and I'm serving a sentence of 11 years in the same prison. Just an aside, not only were the six of us all devout members of the same church, there was not a single criminal charge or conviction among any of us for these unbelievable events on My name is Clinton Stewart, and I'm serving a sentence of 10 years at the same prison in Colorado. It's fitting that we live, prayed, and work together that we should end up dying together. 
because that is what prison is for us and our families. I am Kendrick Barnes, and I am serving a seven-year sentence at the same prison in Colorado. I was the chief information officer at IRP Solutions, the name of our company. I testified, and then Gary objected. A Donnybrook broke out, because Gary said our Fifth Amendment rights had been violated by compelling us to testify. The judge said she had not said anything of the kind, and we demanded the transcript. We were all absolutely unanimous in our verbatim version of what she had said. She denied production of the transcript for that day and at the time, some 200 pages, but assured us that they would be produced at the end of the day. Transcript of that particular conversation in the courtroom between us and the judge has never been produced. I am Demetrius Harper, and I'm serving a 10-year sentence at the same prison. And then in June of 2009, four years later, they finally got a grand jury to indict us. This time, they only called one witness, an FBI agent. And the old adage that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich was proven. This is a production that sets the bar and takes a sincere look at the RP6 story. Judge H. Lee Serrican, retired federal judge, felt compelled to say something. We will not remain silent to see the full story, the full playwright of tragedy. Go to YouTube. Search the race card. You don't want to miss it. There you have it. The race card production trailer, if you will. Dealing with the injustice, the RP6, now known as the IRP5, make no mistake about it, David Banks, Dave Zapolo, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, innocent victims of a system that has failed. Kendrick Barnes in studio telling his story and an advocate for justice. This is AJC Radio. On the other side of the break, we wrap up our final segment, the Tsunami of injustice, the RP6, law by abiding citizens left in harm's way. This is Agency Radio. We'll be right back. The United States houses more human beings in prisons than any other country in the world. This is true whether you're counting total numbers or in relation to population size. This wasn't always the case. The number of prisoners in the U.S. began to rise dramatically in the 1970s. So what changed in America compared to other countries? While there are several competing theories, a look at the data reveals that a significant part of the prison growth in the last 40 years has been driven by the war on drugs. Here's the data. By 1980, there were over 315,000 prisoners in state and federal facilities. 57% were violent offenders, 30% were property violators, such as thieves or those convicted of fraud. 5.5% of inmates were in for public order and other miscellaneous offenses. And the remaining... 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, the Tsunami of Injustice, the RP6. Cliff, I believe we have a caller. Yes, we have uh, Pastor Rose Banks called in, wants to make a comment. Pastor, you're live. Yeah, thank you so much for taking my call. You know what? I think the only thing that helps you to get through this type of betrayal is the fact that God knows what the truth is, and we know what it is. Gary Walker knows what the truth is. What a tragedy for him. The damage he thinks he done to the guys, to our church, to me as a pastor and a mother-in-law who treated him with the utmost respect, even though I knew this man had issues with me and my daughter's relationship from early on in that marriage. I never seen such jealousy. It's the most sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. And who would have ever thought? I have to go back to the scripture when it says jealousy is crueler than the grave. For you to come after your wife's mother who treated you right, his own family wasn't even good to him. He talked about it when he had the muscle disease, how he crawled on his knees to the bathroom because he couldn't walk and told about how while he was crawling on his knees going to the bathroom, his parents leaned over and said to him, as soon as you get up from this, we expect you to pay our money back. I couldn't believe that any parent uh, under any circumstance could say such a thing. Gary Walker, I never in a million years would have dreamed that he was this type of a liar and a traitor. I've seen lots of traitors in my lifetime. I am the only one that he's closest to is Judas, as has been said tonight. But you know the good thing about all of this? Truth always wins. When a lie starts, don't worry about it. You don't have to run it down or anything. It has a time that it's going to run out. And the truth will stand forever. But what really happens, bad thing about it, all over this country and around the world, he will be known as one of the worst traitors of our time. And we will continue to go on and succeed and, and live our lives to the fullest as God has ordained us to do. And Jerry, Gary Walker, when judgment comes to this man, there will be nobody standing around that will not recognize that it is really the judgment of God that you would tell these kind of lies, how those men sacrificed their life to work together on a project. And at the end of the day, the traitor of all time tell these lies. May God judge him and give him judgment according to what he has done. He's a fair God. He will not do anything to him or to anybody else. That's not fair, but he will pay for the lies he's told. When I heard these lies, I couldn't only believe it. It's like, are you kidding me? These are unbelievable lies. And, you know, his mom and dad paid a lot of money for these lies. They they helped to lie on us and our church for many years. And they wanted something bad on us. They didn't have anything. Well, now they spent money to have a son to tell all the lies and, boy, I'm telling you, they got to be feeling it because those are some tight people. And so they are feeling it 
you paid that much money for a lie. What a tragedy. But in the long run, we win. And we are not in the least bit discouraged or down over what he has done, knowing that God is the one at the end of the day that's going to take care of this situation, and he will avenge us of him and every enemy that stood with him. He's got a time to do it. And believe me, when it happens, they will know why it's happened to them. So I am grateful for this program, thankful that we can get the real truth out there, and we have no reason to lie. But he, he wanted to be out of prison so bad, he threw everybody under the bus. What a lousy coward he is. Thank you for taking my call. And thank you, Pastor Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing worse than betrayal. But what they've done here is added fuel to the fire of our fight. We are not diminished. We are not, as Pastor Banks stated, discouraged to continue the fight against injustice wherever we find it. That plight, that purpose, that goal will not cease ever. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. Until we become vocal against injustice, injustice remains, never goes away. And to the families, to the, for the courage, Yolanda Walker, Yolanda Banks-Clark, while she was with us, did not hesitate to call out this betrayal and what it is. Uh, that's something to be admired. Um, we look for this to continue on a consistent basis. Dennis, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I want to definitely commend the, uh, the, the IRP5, the remaining, uh, who did not sell out. Uh, they didn't commit a crime, so no reason to confess that they did so. And again, I agree so much with what the pastor said, and of course you, Lamont. Uh, truth wins, and so did Luana. Truth wins no matter what. Yes. And I look forward to seeing the outcome in the end because it's going to be a beautiful one. Very special thanks to this panel uh, for our discussion, for our passion, and for everyone's passion at this table. To AJC Radio for the push, to our research team, to our production team, that makes this show possible. We say thank you as together we stand against injustice, the tsunami of injustice, law-abiding citizens left in harm's way. The saga continues next week. Till next time, America, good night. Prison. You hear about it. You read about it, but it's indescribable once you're actually there. Everything I own fits in a locker that is waist high. My badge is about the size of a baby's crib. It's either metal or on a concrete slab. I'm told when to eat and who I live with, where I can go, what I can do and not do. My cellmates have not been charged with violent crimes, and yet they can be as frightening as a convicted serial axe murderer. 
I've been strip searched so many times that I've developed immunity to it. Prison is a place where lost appeals and unrealized hopes cause us to lose the will to make it another day. While we are here, we all know that our families are likewise serving time. Neither us nor them for crimes committed. 